Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. I don't see it as a challenge. You know, I, I see it as uh, really being a servant leader. You're there here to help everybody else. And I think that's an important part of this job. You know, to be able to guide and direct, and we're in the process of that. And again, like last week I said, we did a nice job of that. We stepped in the right direction, and we're looking to step in the next direction here uh, coming with Washington. Let's get back to more Mark Crody on Sports Radio 670, The Score. Sup, I am here with you until 9 o'clock tonight on The Score. That was the voice of the head coach of the Chicago Bears, Matt Eberflus, his 0-4 Bears at the 2-2 two and two Commanders tomorrow night in prime time. And let's keep the Bears talk hot with the Chicago Sun-Times' Mark Potash, who covers the Bears every day. I see him out at Hallis Hall all the time. And uh, he joins us right now on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. What's going on, Potsy? How are you, man? I'm doing great, Mark. How are you doing? I am doing well, and it was, uh, I, by my count anyway, today was the first time that we talked to Matt Eberflus about his job security and how he feels about all of that kind of thing. You were, you were the first person to ask the question. I don't really have anything necessarily on how he reacted to it because the reaction, I think, he gave the, the right answer to it and we'll play it for you a little bit later on here again on the score the question is is would they Potsy would the Bears if the Bears do go to 0 and 5 would they for the first time fire a coach in season do you think that Fluce is a short timer here I don't know exactly what's going to happen and maybe a lot depends on just how that game goes but it wouldn't surprise me I know people have said and it's true the Bears have never made an in-season change but, you know, they're looking to be different, so different than they've been. They've kind of acknowledged some of their own failings, I think, in in, uh, in hiring Kevin Warren as team president to replace Ted Phillips. And when you do something like that, that high up, uh, really the guy who is in charge, he has Jim Fink's-like authority at Hallis Hall, uh, I think all bets are off. So I think anything could happen, and, you know, I know they don't have a – they don't have, like, I guess, a bench coach or somebody with experience who would fill in, but I don't think that's going to be that, – that would even that would hold them back. So um, I think, so I think it's, it certainly wouldn't surprise me. I don't know if I expect it to happen, uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if it did, which, you wouldn't, know, wouldn't uh, surprise a few years ago bit. I would say that it, was, that, it, that would be – it would surprise me. Wouldn't, now, no. Wouldn't it surprise you a little bit? I'm just thinking about this. If, if Kevin Warren – was to impose his will 
this early and and, and essentially kind of taking away Ryan Poles' power. Like, if he was to be the one that said, you've got to make a change, this is unacceptable, 0-5, 16-game losing streak is what it would be, it would surprise me a little bit if he was to do that to his young general manager. Well, I don't know if it'd actually be his uh, decision so much, to tell you the truth. I think just the dynamic would kind of almost force uh, Poles' hand uh, to make a move because – I think uh, Ryan Poles should know now that uh, with with Kevin Warren in charge, even he's under the gun if this thing gets too far off the rails. So, so I think it would be Poles' decision, really? okay. frankly. So you think Poles would, would do be, that? Wow, that it would be, ba- but it would be based on his. Uh, and I wouldn't say fear, but just the knowledge that uh, that his own hide uh, could be at stake somewhere down the line if he doesn't, uh, you know, show uh, show any show enough progress in 2023. So. I don't think it would be a situation where, and it could be, but I, I don't read it as a situation where, where Kevin Warren, uh, you know, go, goes over Ryan Poles' head, so to speak, and makes a change. Uh, uh, that could happen, but I, I think Poles would 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 be would do it under kind of I wouldn't say force, but just you know because Kevin Warren is there and he knows that you know this is not uh, this is not Ted Phillips and George McCaskey guys who you know just like guys to get along and as long as there's collaboration mm. and. And working together mm-hmm. and everything, then you, you feel safe. I, I don't know if Ryan Poles feels as safe under Kevin Warren as he did under Ted Phillips. <laughs> you know, it makes me think, too. Do you think Kevin Warren knew exactly what he was getting into when he came to the Bears? Because we knew what he was getting into, and that was to be in the stadium business and run the Bears as well. But, uh, you know, sometimes I wonder about these guys, like, and are, are they – do you really think you're ready to deal with the Chicago? I always worked with Minnesota before and with the NCAA top guy, all that kind of stuff. But like, this is a different animal. And sometimes I wonder if even he, an expert professional boss, is ready to deal with all things Bears because there is so much clunkiness that goes on. Well, I think it's this what's happened this season uh, with you know Allen Williams and the zero and five and the way they've lost. I think this is a this has probably thrown Ryan Poles for a loop and and, and probably Matt Eberflus. But I don't know about Kevin Warren. I mean, his job is to kind of fix this and see what the problems are. So I, I think. Um, I, I wouldn't say he enjoys going through this, but I think he enjoys seeing how the pro, you know seeing what's happening and being able to 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 weigh in on it eventually and, and make changes because um, he's this isn't his fault, you know he's the one who's here. The reason he's here is because of this dysfunction, mm-hmm. and it's his job to change it. So I it wouldn't surprise me if he not that he enjoys it, but I think it's good to see just so much evidence of the dysfunction in this building that, uh, okay, if he's been given the authority to do it, let's see him do it. Maybe not today, tomorrow, the next day, but, uh, you know, but certainly uh, as the season ensues, if not at the end of the season. So I don't think, I guess to answer your question, I don't think this is really, uh, I don't think Kevin Warren saying, well, what did I get myself into now? I think he sees this as a great opportunity to make a change, and he's glad to, maybe glad to see that, you know, uh, anything that shows him, you know, what he has to do is, is probably, you know, good. Did you read in anything into him and McCaskey being down in the locker room after the loss to Denver the other day? You know, it's really hard to read anything into what the McCaskies do. Nothing against them, but from a management standpoint, it's just they're so unpredictable, so hard to figure out, so hard to read. Um, I don't know. I did. I do. I think that that was like a, you know some kind of red flag or warning sign. Uh, not not really. Same. I, I don't think so. But um, it just show. I guess it shows this shows a heightened level of concern at an earlier point in time 
in than in any other regime. And I think that's probably the most important thing is that with Kevin Warren here now, and not that he will make all the right moves himself, but at least we know now there's a, I, I feel like now there is a different way of thinking at Hallis Hall. And that's what Kevin Warren's charge is really is to change the thinking, the way they think, what they value. Their problem has been that they put under Ted and George as they put, they, they put too much value in the wrong things. They, mm-hmm. they value getting out of the losing streak instead of the losing streak itself. Kevin Warren, the, from as best I can tell, will put more stock in the losing streak than in the response to it. And I think that's the difference that he, that he brings to Hales Hall. Yep, yep. I, I mean, and I hope so. Like, I hope that that's, that's what he is and that he is taking notes and all the things that we think. Uh, well, he's that, taking notes. Uh, well, yeah, no, there's no doubt. I mean, yeah. like people think, oh, uh, you know, where where is he, and like how, who's being held accountable, and how does like it's all like n- nothing has gone unaccounted for, and all of these things that we see, he sees, and it's just a matter of how he he deals with them. Um, another thing that's on my mind is the offensive line. If Tevin Jenkins returns, and I think there's a pretty good chance that he will. How do you think they'll handle that? Then is is does Cody Whitehair go to center? Is Lucas Patrick still in there? Is uh, is there a rotation with Whitehair and Jenkins to get him tuned up? How, what? How do you make room for everybody at that point? Yeah, I, I I think they should be done with the rotation stuff. That's that's the last thing. A line that is just has no uh, uh, you know consistency uh, at all needs is that kind of thing. I, I think if Jenkins comes back, and I'm not, I don't know that he will be. It's a short week. And uh, the Bears might be concerned about uh, aggravating an injury for a player who has had multiple injuries. So it wouldn't surprise me, frankly, if they were more cautious and just waited until next week. But if they do, I- I'm assuming that or presuming that uh, White here will go back will go back to center to give them uh, as close as they can get to the original line, which they won't have with Braxton Jones out. They've never had the, you know last year they did not have they never had their best five at any point in the season. And this year, they at least until Braxton Jones gets back, they will not have, have their um, their their you know the starting five they want. So they want to get. I think they want to, they'll want to get as close as they can to that as soon as possible because you know they are just they are just dying for some kind of continuity. You know, if, if Tevin Jenkins starts, this will be the 14th different mm. starting combination in 20. 20, 22 games uh, under yeah. Matt Eberflus, oh, and that's wow. just you can. It's it's really difficult. You got to have a heck of a quarterback to win like that, and they don't have a heck of a quarterback right now. Oh man! Well, let's talk about that quarterback. Did you, did you think last week was a revelation or an outlier? Well, it's much closer to an outlier than a revelation. Uh, anybody who has seen, you know, Mitch Trubisky against uh, Matt Patricia's Lions or or uh, or the Buccaneers in 2018, yeah. uh, just you know, knows fool's gold when they see it. And not that no, not to disparage what Justin Fields did. It was it was great, but you always, you know, as as, as much as Luke Getzey didn't want to do it, you have to put things in perspective. And this was against a really bad defense. Um, and so that's what that's why this game uh, Thursday is very important. This is a beatable team. It's a good defense with a good defensive line. It's a good challenge. But it, you know, it's you know a lot of a lot of teams have put up points against them. So this is an opportunity. You know, right now everybody's saying, and I I would I would be leading that charge that you know 
that uh, all he did was he he didn't really show anything. He just he just beat a bad defense. Now you got to show you can do it against a better defense, and this gives him an immediate opportunity to do that. Where it's not overwhelming. It's not like he's going up against the Eagles or the Bills or something that would go in the you know would would you know would be uh, would not you know be a good test, uh, a good measurement. This is a good next step. Let's put it that way uh, to see if what we saw, if anything that we saw. Um, was real, yeah. On and, Sunday, and it it was you know really important to see what he did for those first three quarters. But yeah, there's I mean, and I hate that I brought it up too, Potsy. The the Tampa Bay comp is you know extraordinarily similar because it had all looked terrible for Trubisky to the point where people were like, is, is he the guy? Is he the guy? Then he throws six touchdown passes against a Tampa Bay defense. That was brutal. Had I don't think they had anybody healthy. Like I think it was all backups in their secondary. Um, and he was able to just dissect them. And almost immediately the next week, he started to go back downhill. So I hope that... Yeah, it, it, you know, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, no go ahead. Harp, not to harp on Trubisky, because that's you know, obviously you know uh, in the past, but at least even he, uh, in that game, they didn't even give him credit. You remember, uh, uh, Dirk Cutter said everybody should be fired after this game. He didn't say, "Oh, we got beat by a good quarterback or an up-and-coming quarterback." Right. You know, he knew he just uh, it was so it was so obvious. Uh-huh. That he said, "No, we were it was us. We were bad." And and I think uh, that, that you know that's what Sean Payton was probably saying if he didn't say oh, it publicly, yeah. privately to himself. And that's why. And here's another thing to consider. And and this is just my own skepticism after covering the team for so long is, you know, in year one, you look at what he did at the first half or the first three quarters and you say, wow, this look what this guy can be in another year, two, three, four years. In year two, you look at the fourth quarter and you say, here we go again. So in other words, you're defined more, more by what's by, by what doesn't happen than by what does as you go along here. And I think that's why it's the, that's why you really have to look at, at what happened. You know, Trubisky won his game. Uh, Fields couldn't even win his game against one of the worst defenses uh, in the NFL, if not the worst. And, and I, as if you if you want to be encouraged by the first three, have at it. I mean, you have all the all the reason to. But if you want to be discouraged by the sudden turn from a 140 passer rating to 21 in the fourth quarter against a team that had been getting torched by everybody, yeah, uh, I think that I think that's 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 a legitimate skeptic, skepticism as well. So. You know, we'll, that's why again, why tomorrow's tomorrow will tell an interesting tale. This is very well said, and as the voice of Mark Potash covers the Bears for the uh, Chicago Sun Times, and I saw you working today, Potsy. I saw, I heard the questions you were asking about Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens. I saw you talking to Zach Pickens in the locker room today. So, what are you cooking up, man? What What do you think has been the the progress of Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens, and what role? Should, I mean, are, are they underachieving so far? Well, I think that I think that to me the uh, the Pickens Dexter thing is the bear season in a nutshell. Those were two guys who were who were brought in here because they could not get they did they chose not to draft Jalen Carter and that was supposed to be uh, uh, their substitute for that. And but they also knew that both guys would have to be kind of retrofitted a little bit into this defense and would have to be reworked and reprogrammed and it was going to take some time. 
And so I'm curious about it now because it seems like even if you're patient about it, it seems like they're make they're not making progress. It seems like they're getting worse. I mean, uh, uh, Javon Dexter played 10 snaps against the Broncos, 21 percent. Not just the numbers. He's down. To, he played almost half the snaps against the Buccaneers, 46 percent. He's down to 21 from 33 down to 10. And Zach Pickens uh, played 22 and 20 the previous two weeks. He played nine. So when, I mean, so it, to me that's like a sign. Like you know, those guys aren't coming along. There's it's not number of snaps is percentage of snaps. Their percentage is down. So there's some uh, dissatisfaction with the production they're getting from. So it's like, you know, we're in a hurry to see progress. Everybody is. And and maybe those guys, like a quarterback, need more time to do it. But uh, but the uh, the arrow is pointing down instead of up, uh, and, and it's just not happening uh, uh, quickly enough for the Bears. So that's that. Frankly, that's my interest in that because it's such a critical position. Remember, they told us about how the defensive, uh, the interior of the defense was going to create opportunities <laughs> for the defensive end. Sure. Well, even with Justin Jones and Andrew Billings, you know that's just not happening. And now they're having to lean on those two guys more just to get some semblance of a pass rush, and it's just not working out. So that's why that's that's just my thought that's that was just my thinking and looking at looking back at just the rookies in general especially uh dexter and pickens because i'm not saying they're busts by any means but i don't think it's happened uh, even even with four weeks in i don't think it's happening for them as quickly as the bears would would have liked it to and what is going on with their defense i mean besides those two guys and well said on trevon dexter and zach pickens i agree but why does a matt eberflus defense defensive coordinator linebackers coach look a step slow slower than just about everybody and the the aggression that a defense like that is supposed to have is non-existent and they blow you know that was their latest trick blowing a 21 point lead i can't quite put my finger on it completely as to why they almost look worse this year than they did last year with what I perceive to be better players. Well, uh, you're absolutely right, and that's what's mystifying because that was the one thing that Matt Eberflus could hang his hat on is he built that defense in in uh, in, in Indianapolis uh, with you know a modest array of talent, uh, you know, uh, and, and turned it into a you know a top ten scoring defense more three of the four years I think if not all four. You know, in the same way, that was the one thing you could point to and said, "Okay, he's a, he's not he hasn't been a head coach before, but at least he's done that before." And even that is failing him. I mean, he's like you said, they have they have upgraded this roster. Not only that, but they've had room for upgrades you know, from within with uh, uh, with Jaquan Brisker, and and that's and that hasn't happened. Um, and and so so there there's been no development. That's been, that's what's mystifying, and that's what's really is that's just another facet that's causing people to, to be dismayed with with Eberflus because even just like Matt Nagy, even his strength isn't is has become a weakness, and and you know that's a problem. Do you got a prediction for tomorrow? I do, uh, I do. Uh, I for this, I have one for in the Sun Times. I got to stick with it. Is uh, I got the Red uh, Redskins. I got the Commanders winning. I think it was thirty to twenty six, thirty one twenty six. I got a five point spread. So I have the Bears covering. I'm giving them that. Okay, um, that's neat. But uh, not not a lot of confidence in that. I just figure uh, the Bears. You know, may, maybe we'll show some fight uh, for their coach. They're playing a beatable team. It's a short week, which is, you know, usually worse for the traveling team, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes the home team has the worst. So I think I think, uh, I think they'll put up a fight, uh, but their history has been, and last week was another example, boy, they just cannot close. And there's, <laughs> I have no confidence that they'll be able to, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. It's the NFL. It wouldn't surprise me if the 
if the Bears won because uh, it's a beatable opponent. But how can you do? How can you pick them to do that when they've just so, shown so consistently that they just don't have enough? Uh, you know, to close or to finish. Yeah, so that's true. I mean, that's, hey, that's the e- basis of my pick. Even last year against Washington, they didn't have enough to close because they lose what was just a horrible game um, to Washington, twelve to seven. I'm just looking at my random scrappy notes here, and you could add to this uh, potsy or comment if you'd like. But Dante Pettis had four catches for 84 yards. Carson Wentz was the quarterback in that game. God, that seems like 20 years ago. Uh, twelve to twenty-two for 99 yards. Justin Fields, fourteen of twenty-seven, one ninety, a pick and an intercept, or excuse me, pick and a touchdown, eighty-eight rushing yards to go along with it. And then the the big the big act, of course, was that was one of the muffed punts by Valus Jones that night, deep in Bears territory, results in a Brian Robinson one-yard touchdown run. Also, Khalil Herbert had a, a sixty-four-yard run. Are you impressed with what I what I just told you? And do you have anything to add to it, Potsy? Well, with all that, with all that that you said, they still had a chance to win at the very end. I think it was was a Darnell Mooney who had a chance to make a catch. Oh and, yeah! And if oh. they make that play, yeah. uh, you know, oh, who knows? Yeah. A lot of things happen. You know, they they yes. don't have the number one pick. A lot of th- oh, a lot of things happen, good and bad. So, but but the point being is like with everything that went wrong in that game, they still had a chance to win and they couldn't do it. And yep. the explanation then was, well, they're just not ready to win. Well, what's the explanation now? That's the mm-hmm. question. Well, right, and that's why the the question that you asked today in, in terms of his job security and why we zero in on that at the mini-buy, that, that all makes sense. And Potsy, thank you so much for uh, joining me. We'll be looking forward to your tweets and reports from D.C. because I know you blast off tomorrow morning, man. So be safe and have fun. Okay, looking forward to it. Thanks a lot, Mark. All right, see ya. That is uh, Mark Potash of the Chicago Sun-Times. Be covering the the Bears and Commanders tomorrow night. I will be doing, by the way, I will be filling in for Mike Mulligan, Mully, on the Bears postgame show on the score tomorrow night. So after the, the Bears and the Commanders, I will be leading a great trio, a great trio with the great Olin Krutz. I'll be with you on that. Oh, nice. Tyler Buterbaugh will Can't be get rid of me. producing. No, no, man, you're everywhere. So Tyler Buterbaugh will be producing it. Uh, but we got Krutz, Patrick Manley, and I will just be moderating and looking forward to those guys' thoughts after the game, and hopefully that will be a Chicago Bears win. All right, I can't wait any longer. We're going to take a break here right now. and uh, But i I got to hear this Les Grobstein... Brian Erlacher feud, a feud that would have been if the Grobber was still with us. So Erlacher was on the station today, and uh, things got heated towards the end of that interview. That is coming up next. I'm Mark Grody. This is Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. And Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. The bum of the year from the year 2019. The bum of the year is Ryan Pace. Mm. Our old... Great, late friend, Les Grobstein. We'll get to him in a second. I'm Mark Carody on the score with you until 9 o'clock. Been heavy on the Chicago Bears, and we will continue to be heavy on the Chicago Bears. It's what I do. Coming up at 8, Chris Emma will join us to talk about the Bears. He writes for 670thescore.com, and we certainly welcome your phone calls at 312-644-6767. In, in a bit as well, about 10 minutes from now, 740, if you need it spelled out, we will be bringing in, we're going to go to Soldier Field, actually, because Gabe Ramirez is out there with the Chicago Fire, and Lionel Messi is out there. He was supposed to play. I guess he's not playing, but, you know, we still want to check in with Gabe and see what happened and see, like, if there's any – if the Chicago sports celebrities are still out there, even though Lionel Messi apparently is not playing in the game. What a a horrible, horrible thing for everybody. Like, (laughs) like, especially the fire and Soldier Field and everybody that was all juiced up about that. I am not a – Big soccer fan, but I get the excitement. I do. Let's go to, before we get to Grabber, let's go to Ray in Orland Park. Hello, Ray. You're on the score. Hey, Mark. Good to talk to you. So I called Gabe yesterday and I asked him this question. I just want to pose it to you. Okay. Is it time for Kevin Warren to bring in, like, office space, his version of the Bob? To kind of start overseeing things and saying, what is it that you do here? And maybe someone like Mike Zimmer, Marvin Lewis. I'm just throwing names out. Kurt Warner. Brian Urlacher was asked, do you want to come in and help today on, on the score? What is your take? Is that a reality or am I just being I appreciate it, man. I appreciate it. And, uh, God, I, I was thinking about that. I have not watched Office Space in a long time. It's like time for a, a reviewing of the show. Maybe tonight. Maybe tonight. Maybe late night tonight. Not a bad idea. Um, but, no, actually, it, seriously – Kevin Warren did that. I don't know if um, if you read a piece that was written by Dan Weeder of the Chicago Tribune and Weedsy score guy as well. He wrote an excellent piece, a very thorough piece about Kevin Warren. One of the things that was revealed in his piece was that Kevin Warren would be conducting interviews with each and every employee at Hallis Hall. Everybody, security, bosses. What, whoever, Kevin Warren's going to sit down. I remember, I do remember being out there at, what was it? it was it, at, it was post-training camp, not that long ago. Not that long ago, quite frankly. One of the regular security gentlemen out there at Hallis Hall 
was wearing like a suit. He's like, what's going on? Oh, got my interview with Kevin Warren today. So there is a lot. He's doing his own version of the Bobs out there. All right, now to the Grobs. Let's get to to Les Grobstein. Apparently, well, I know because I heard most of the the Brian Urlacher interview on the score today with Parkins and Spiegel, and we even played a little bit of that earlier today. But I had one of those things because I was coming back from Hallis Hall, and there was a little bit of time, obviously, where I'm not in my car, not tuned in to what's going on. So I missed the the final portion of the interview, and it had to do with, um, you know, Grobber being critical once upon a time ago of the great Brian Urlacher. And, uh, Tyler, do I need to set it up any further than that? I mean, is it pretty much self-contained? Will people understand what's going on? Oh, yeah, they'll get the good picture. Uh, Okay, they'll get a good picture of it. All right, so let's spin it. This is Brian Urlacher on the score earlier today with Parkins and Spiegel. Do not congratulate the opponent. I don't care if it's a flex teammate during a game. That's bull. Do it after the game. I totally agree with that. Before the game, you want to say hi, whatever. During the game, you're congratulating a guy for picking off your quarterback's pass? That's what it was. Complete garbage. Sorry. (laughs) What the hell's gotten into athletes in this day and age? They just realize that it's not life and death. You're trying to beat this team's brains in and trying to beat them. You don't congratulate them for doing it. They're taking money out of your pocket. They're oh, trying what? to do something that could end up oh, keeping not? you either out of the playoffs or get you a lower seat or cost you the division title. <laughs> Are we done yet? Is this guy done talking? I, I disagree. <laughs> no, no, no. I think it's okay. They then you're full of crap, too. You're all full of crap. <laughs> you don't do that during a game and congratulate the other team for making a play that's hurting you. That pisses me off. I don't care. How did it hurt the game? <laughs> If How did it hurt the Bears? It pause what hurt it the Bears is the guy intercepted a pass. He helped his team and he hurt your team. But I'm saying, what did the shake, the shaking of the hands, what did that do? You're trying to beat this team. You're trying to beat this team. Congratulate them after the game. When the game's over and they huddle up, all guys get in the center of the field and do that. That's cool. That's a really cool thing. They go out there, they pray together, I've they do this. That's I, I, I get what I get what he's saying. You know what I mean? Respond to this? Yeah, yeah, please. Like I could like really give a shit what this guy says. I don't know who he is. But I'm, just because I help somebody up doesn't mean I want to win the game or I don't want to beat them the next play. I could tackle somebody 15 straight times and help them up 15 straight times. On the 16th time, guess what? I'm going to hit him again. And this is like I did the 15th time. It doesn't matter who you help up, who you don't help up, who you congratulate. Uh, that shit is so dumb to me. I can't stand these guys that go on the radio beating their chest about what guys shouldn't do or shouldn't do. I know you said this guy's past, you know, whatever. God rest his soul. But you, know, you, you can like or not like something about a guy's game, but I, yeah. I was not that guy. I mean, Daniel probably made a good play, you know. He made a good he, pick. He was my friend. I don't care what point of the game it was before the game, during the game, after the game. Good play, Daniel. I don't care. I'm going to try and – if he gets the ball when I'm on the field, I'll try and tackle him. <laughs> that was great. Oh, my God. As I'm watching this. And there probably is a – was that on Twitch? I assume it was. There's probably video of that because as I'm listening to it, I'm just imagining Brian Earl. Like, that, that's Grover. And here's this – one of the greatest Chicago Bears players ever. Wholly affected by Les Grobstein. Like, and just – I just imagine him steaming, and it's beautiful because one of the beautiful things about Les Grobstein was that he took it all so seriously, 
I mean, we, we all take it seriously. But there's never a wink with less unless it's like, you know, butthead of the week or bum of the week, right? I mean, he just, like, less was very serious about, like, the fact that he took that so seriously, like that is as real as it gets. That rant he went on in terms of going after guys, ingratiating themselves to the opponents post game, like that was grobber. The score posted the video of on the Twitch stream from Erlocker's response. Yeah. It is really good. <laughs> <laughs> you could just see he looked ticked off. <laughs> but the beautiful part is Tyler is that. I'm going on this, you know, diatribe about less taking it all so seriously. Earl Eckert took it pretty seriously too. Like, so I think these two guys, they would absolutely get along, I think, because they're kind of the same. You know, they they both are taking it way too seriously at this point. I would pay to get a segment with those two together. Just <laughs> oh, to oh, go no, back and forth. Oh God. Yeah, for many reasons I wish Les was alive. But um for that that alone, to, to hear the the response to that. Um, Tyler, I don't usually do this, but I want to hear it again. I want I want to hear the the whole thing again because it was hilarious and I I really had not heard the the Erlacher portion of that or the or any of that. But again, it's them playing Grobber's rant for Ryan Erlacher. Do not congratulate the opponent. I don't care if it's a flex teammate during a game. No, That's no. bull. Do it after the game. I totally agree with that. Before the game, you want to say hi, whatever. During the game, you're congratulating a guy for picking off your quarterback's pass? That's what it was. <laughs> Complete play, garbage. Man. Sorry. What the hell's gotten into athletes in this day and age? They just realize that it's not life and death. You're trying to beat this team's brains in and trying to beat them. You don't congratulate them for doing They're taking money out of your pocket. They're uh-huh. trying to do something that could end no, up keeping not. you either out of the playoffs or get you a lower seat or cost you to the division. Listen to Erlacher. Are we done yet? Is this guy done talking? <laughs> I, I, yeah. no, no, no. I think it's okay. That <laughs> then you're full of crap, too. You're all full of crap. <laughs> you don't do that during a game and congratulate the other team for making a play that's hurting you. That pisses me off. I don't care. How did it hurt the game? It, How did it hurt the Bears? It was a what hurt it the Bears is the guy intercepted a pass. <laughs> he helped his team and he hurt your team. But I'm saying, what did the shake, the shaking of the hands, what did that do? You're trying to beat this team. You're trying to beat this team. <laughs> Congratulate them after the game. When the game is over and they huddle up, all guys get in the center of the field and do that. That's cool. That's a really cool thing. They go out there, they pray um, together, I've they do this. That's I, I, wonderful. I get what you're saying. You want me to res- respond to that? Yeah, we, yes, like please. You, I could like really give a what this guy says. I don't know who he is. <laughs> this guy. But I'm, just because I help somebody up doesn't mean I want to win the game or I don't want to beat them the next play. I could tackle somebody 15 straight times and help them up 15 straight times. On the 16th time, guess what? I'm going to hit him again, and just like I did the 15th time. It doesn't matter who you help up, who you don't help up, who you congratulate. Uh, that shit is so dumb to me. I can't stand these guys that go on the radio beating their chest about what guys shouldn't do or shouldn't do. I know you said this guy's past, you know, whatever, God rest his soul. But yeah, you, you can like or not like something about a guy's game, but I, yeah. I was not that guy. I mean, Daniel Uh-oh. probably made a good play, you know. He made a good he, play. He was my friend. I don't care what point of the game it was before the game, during the game, after the game. Good play, Daniel. I don't care. I'm going to try and – if he gets the ball when I'm on the field, I'll try and tackle him. Well, well, what happened in the Super Bowl when Daniel Manning blew the coverage? Huh? What about that? What about that, Erlacher? Oh, that was just so great. Man. I don't know who this guy is. Oh, man, they both take it to they, – they, those two could get into a great I know you are, but what am I battle, you know, that level.
that's what I'm talking about. But I didn't hurt as much to hear because when I heard that, because like I, you know, Brian Erlacher, man, I mean, his time playing with the Bears kind of like at for part of that, I really wasn't in the biz um, or doing sports or covering the Bears. Like, so I was like actually a fan. Like, and Erlacher is one of my fa- like favorite players. So I got that little piece of sports affection for him. And you know how I feel about Les Grobstein. So when I heard those two were feuding, nah, I was very worried about it. But they're hilarious together. They're hilarious together. So that was just delightful to hear. We have to take a break. But when we come back, we're going to bring in my friend uh, Gabe Ramirez, the regular host of this show, because he is at Soldier Field. We'll tell you why when we come back on Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Let's get back to more Mark Crody on Sports Radio 670, The Score. What's going on? We've been talking a lot of Bears tonight. And momentarily, we're going to be going to go to the home of the Chicago Bears, and that is Soldier Field. At least the home of the Chicago Bears for right now because... Well, why wouldn't we go to Soldier Field? Because there's a soccer game going on. The Chicago Fire are playing the Miami team, and Gabe Ramirez is the regular host of this show, and he's out there right now because it was supposed to be a spectacular night with Lionel Messi being here, but where it is is he's hurt and he's not playing, but I still want to talk to Gabe and see what they're doing and how, how, they, how they are handling the situation. So once we were able to get through to him, we will bring you that for sure. I wanted to get to some of the other stuff, though, that, that Brian Erlacher was talking about today. It was a really good interview. It was with Parkinson Spiegel, 3 o'clock today, if you want to check it out at some point in time on the Odyssey app. And a couple of people weighing in on the text line talking about how Erlacher sounds comfortable. He's not rushed. He's not sped up. Yeah, Erlacher is one of those Chicago star athletes that has become more interesting uh, in his post-playing career and has opened up a little bit, and you get an honest, um, you know, varnished or less varnished, I suppose, version of that person because I think Erlacher was pretty protective when he was a player, but now it seems like every time he goes on the radio or TV, he's very open and willing to share things. And one of those things today was about Matt Eberflus. And we know that his, you know, that it has not been good so far. The record does not look good for Matt Eberflus as a head coach in the National Football League. But this is what Brian Erlacher had to say about the Flus in terms of the job that he has done. I mean, I, the head coach is in my meetings. I'm going to pay. I know I'm, nothing's going to go swept under the rug. I'm going to pay more attention because I know when Lovey came into our linebacker meetings, it was like, oh, man, Lovey's in there. Pay attention. Okay. And we were before, but you're, you're even more so when the, when the headband's in there. Yeah. It's more 
I don't know, more serious, I guess, because you, you're kind of nervous to, to screw up or when your, your position coach asks you a question, you want to make sure you know the right answer so your head man thinks you're ready to play. But, yeah, I would think with him in the meetings and him running things, it would be a little bit more serious and maybe, I mean, they played better last week, right? Until the end of the game, they got – well, yeah. they scored the, – the Broncos had those nice takeaways there at the end of the game. But uh, I feel like the defense didn't play as, as bad last week as they See, maybe did the week before. Yep, yep. Um, yeah, I don't know about – that necessarily, but I thought that this, that cut, that particular cut was more about Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator. And it, it was interesting in that context because he was supporting him in that job saying, Hey, if, if the head coach all of a sudden is in every meeting, you're going to sit up a little bit, you're going to pay attention and you're going to probably be more attentive and ask more questions and be a little bit more on time. So obviously Erlacher is supporting that. But here's the cut that I wanted, though. This is him talking more about Flus in general and how much culpability he has. I hope Eberflus works out, honestly. I, I think he, he's a good head coach. I think he's a good football coach. It's, just, it's hard when you, when you have the talent pool they're working with and the situation going on at certain positions. Yeah, no, I think that, look, Eberflus has been put in a uh, tough or was put in a tough spot last year in terms of the roster because it was bad. You know, there just was no impact on either side of the ball, and the jury is still out as to whether or not it is this year. But, um, you know, the Erlacher basically making the suggestion too that it is doesn't have to be the head coach that it can be the people that are above the head coach and those people are Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren and of course the McCaskies as well and that all comes into play as well because it has been systematic in terms of the problems that they've had in recent history with GM and coach. And both those guys are here. I'm saying down the line, philosophically, that probably needs to change. All right. We got all sorts of stuff going on here, but we have found, we have found Gabe Ramirez, who is at Soldier Field right now for the Chicago Fire game against Miami. Gabe, what what's going on, man? It sounds like Lionel Messi not playing today. Tell us. Yeah, it's unfortunate, Grody. I gotta be honest. I'm actually I'm sitting here. We got about sixty-one thousand people packed inside the Soldier Field. Oh, Every man. single person ready to see Lionel Messi, and unfortunately, didn't make it out. Uh, didn't make the trip. I, I think everybody's more bummed at the fact that he didn't show up. Right? Like, at least show up and wave to the fans. Everyone here wants to breathe the same air. Literally, the same air as Messi. And the fact that they couldn't is unfortunate. So yeah, it, 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 it's a little bummed out. I got you. It's a little bummed out, but the fact of the matter is, still a good, great, good game. Beautiful day in Chicago. Hopefully the fire can come out with a victory. Yeah, man. Um, are there like Chicago sports celebrities there? I know we were talking yesterday that a lot of people had this hot ticket tonight. Did they all stay home or what? No, we got Brandon Johnson. The mayor is here. Nice. Uh, did the ceremonial first coin toss. Nobody knows this except for you guys because, you know, we were supposed to keep it a secret, but I feel like I can say it right now because nobody's going to be at the game. But Lil Dirk is performing at halftime. So we got that. He's in the building. Lance Briggs is here. Uh, Liam Hendricks is here. Oh, wow. Tyler, Tyler Golden is on the sideline. He's a huge Chicago Fire fan. He's been to a bunch of games. So 
the, the, the athletes are out, man. People are definitely some Blackhawks players as well, some Chicago Red Stars uh, guys. So it's, it's a good bunch here today. Man, that is fantastic. For people who don't know what a superstar Lionel Messi is, like what what's the comparison? Who who is he? Who could people relate to that that Messi is in terms of his connection in sports and what he does? I think for this generation, the comparable person would be Steph Curry. Hmm. You know, any any kid, right, from five years old to any grandparent that's 60, 70 years old, they can appreciate what Steph Curry does for the game, his style of play, he's likable. Everyone will come out to watch Steph Curry. That's why Golden State Warriors tickets are always quadruple the price of any other game. And Lionel Messi is that. <laughs> Let's be very clear. More than Steph Curry, uh, the, the way he unites people and brings everyone out as the fire stop a nice little run there. Um, you know, he, he is that kind of a player. It's like you can't really put it in, into perspective because American fans we don't appreciate soccer the way that everybody else does. But Grody, my favorite, my favorite joke I've ever heard about soccer and football when you make the comparison. Somebody said, you know, all football fans complain that soccer is low scoring Mm -hmm. and then the joke goes that so is football but they just add imaginary points so if (laughs) it's 21 to 14 it's really three to two but they just added an extra six just because that's a good point that's a you know i guess that's fair (laughs) i I didn't i never really thought of it that way but yeah why all the points yeah And and my other argument is that you know we, we, you know, you and I, Greg, we can find the beauty in football, whether it's a first down, a beautiful run, even though it doesn't end up in a touchdown, a nice pass to the sideline, you know, threaded through the defender. We can find the beauty within the game. And I think a lot of us Americans, we don't give soccer that same opportunity to really allow yourself to find that beauty within the game because it exists the same way that it does in football. Interesting. Interesting. That's it. That's pretty deep, man. I was not expecting that, but that is, that is, uh... I watched Ted Lasso. I watched Ted Lasso yesterday, so I'm in my field right now. <laughs> why did he come to America to, to play though? Why, why did he decide? Was it, is it like, is it money? I mean, or did he just wanted to do this? Why? Yeah, I think first of all, he has a really good relationship with David Beckham, the owner of the Miami, uh, Inter Miami. And I think that, you know, when you're looking at quality of life and where you want to live, right? A guy like Ronaldo, another soccer superstar, he went to Saudi Arabia to make a billion dollars, but you're living in Saudi Arabia. You know, (laughs) live in Miami, be with his people, you know, be with the culture, live somewhere nice. And let's not forget, he has a a part of MLS. He owns a part of it. So he's getting a cut of the damn league. So, get in. Oh, this was the goal right there. Yeah, so he owns a part of the league. So that's the real reason, right? It's like, where do you want to spend the twilight of your career? In Saudi Arabia? You know, or in America where it's showing becoming a billionaire and owning a team and doing that kind of stuff. So, yeah, uh, I'm, yeah. Gl- I'm glad you did it. But, hey, hey, hey but Brody, if you're going to own the team, if you're going to own the league, you got to bring your ass out to so Coach Field. Yeah, man. Up. Seriously. Seriously. Give me a princess wave. Bye-bye, Elise. Oh, my God, man. I feel, I, feel, I feel bad for the fire, man. I mean, that sucks. And, and for Soldier Field because, like, they, they were probably putting their whole season into this game. Grody, 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 Grody. Do not feel bad for the fire. Or Soldier Field. There's 61,000 people here. Those tickets have cash. Okay. The money is in the bank. Oh, okay. Nobody's tripping out there. <laughs> everybody, everybody. What we're really trying to do, and I want to, you know, I'll say, I know we're running out of time. I do want to say what they what they did do exceptionally well is really understand that this game meant a lot to the city. They were going to be triple the amount of fans that are typically at a fire game, even quadruple. I should say we're typically averaging about 15 to 61 here today. And what they did was they did not spare any expense to put on the best show possible. That's cool. 35,000 wristbands scattered throughout the stadium. A performance by Little Dirk. 
There's extra seats everywhere. They're giving out merch for everybody. So they really, you know, the flyover from the plane, they really went above and beyond. And so, so I got to tip my cap to the fire organization for putting on a good show for uh, the Chicago and, and Gabe freaking Ramirez is the host of all that, too. Hey. And, and Mark Grody gets an exclusive phone call in the middle of the match. That, yeah. Oh. That is fantastic, man. What what do you got coming up? You're gonna be doing uh, you're gonna be doing some uh, stand up out there. You singing for the people? What are you doing? No, uh, no, no, no. So I'm gonna do. Uh, I'm gonna be introduced to the halftime performer. Little Dirk, he's gonna be there. And then, of course, you know, don't forget, you know, this weekend I, I, I'll be on some art. Friday with Clay Harbor, six to nine. And then, of course, uh, Sunday I'll be doing some Chicago Marathon coverage. So, like always. Just keep our eyes open, and you'll run into me somewhere. We'll find you, Gabe. Take care, man. Really appreciate you coming on, dude. Thanks, brother. That is Gabe Ramirez, live from Soldier Field and the fire game and Lionel Messi. I didn't realize he wasn't even there. That that does suck. I mean, come on, man. I mean, at least like the first year, make sure that you're there for those games, even if you can't play. Imagine how devastated those fans are oh, going to be. That would suck. I'd be ticked. <laughs> There's probably a lot of fair weather fans there, or just people who were curious, which actually makes it worse. Like if people are just going because they were curious about Messi. Like right. I was talking about that today. We were discussing that in the Bears locker room. I was discussing that with somebody. Like I would never, like just on policy, I would not go out of my way to buy a ticket for that game because I just don't feel like I would want to take it away from somebody who actually is a big soccer fan and somebody, because I'd be jumping on the bandwagon. I'd love to be there for the event, but the only way that I would go is if somebody like offered me a ticket because somebody else couldn't go or whatever the case may be. For sure. No, I, I, I'm like kind of right there with you. I'm not the biggest soccer fan, but I mean, I wouldn't want to take that from someone who truly follows and yeah like i think it'd be cool i think it'd be awesome to see even as a a novice um soccer fan like just to see okay let's see what the a difference making soccer player looks like would i be able to recognize that or identify it would it make me more into soccer you know i think that there's a curiosity factor that exists just to see to see greatness we all want to see it but on policy i'm sorry I would not. You're welcome, by the way. I would not try to take that ticket from you. But it's good to hear that they're at least jam-packed out there for a uh, a fire game, which isn't usually the case. When we return, let's get back to the Bears. We will bring in my colleague from 670thescore.com, Chris Emma, and uh, get his take on all the, the Bears' hot topics that seem to exist and change and evolve every single day. Emma, coming up here. I'm Mark Grody. It's Chicago Sports Radio 670, The Score. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app, 
baseball your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.